those of you watching online, we pray that you're blessed today. Thank you for joining us wherever you may be this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. I believe the presence of the Lord is in this place today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Numbers chapter 35. Numbers chapter 35. Hallelujah. Again, reading with verse number 9. Numbers 35 and 9. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When you be come over Jordan into the land of Canaan, then ye shall appoint you cities to be cities of refuge for you, that the slayer may flee thither, which killeth any person at unawares. And they shall be unto you cities for refuge from the avenger, that the manslayer die not until he stand before the congregation in judgment. And of these cities which you shall give, six cities shall you have for refuge. You shall give three cities on this side, Jordan, and three cities shall you give in the land of Canaan, which shall be cities of refuge. They shall be cities of refuge. I want to focus this morning on that phrase, city of refuge. Father, I thank you for your presence that we feel in this place today. God, I believe that there are some individuals here today that are here by divine appointment this morning. God, that no matter what they think is the reason they're here or the circumstances that brought them here, ultimately it's been you leading and guiding them to this point, to this day. So I pray, God, that your word would speak to their hearts this morning. God, I ask you again today that this would not simply be a sermon to take up time in this service, but you would allow me to be a conduit through which you speak that hearts can hear and receive what they have need of today. I pray, God, that there would be faith in this sanctuary, that faith could be mixed with your word today, that it might profit us. In the name of Jesus Christ, I trust you depend upon you today father in jesus name amen god bless you you may be seated the passage that i have read to you is as said god spoke to moses the children of israel were in the process of going from egypt into the promised land and it's in this Period that God says to Moses, when you get to the land I have promised you and the land that I am taking you to, I want you to create these cities 
of refuge. Then if we go to Joshua chapter number 20, the children of Israel are now in the promised land. And so the Lord speaks to Joshua reaffirming what he had said to Moses. Joshua 20 and verse number 1. The Lord also spake unto Joshua, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint out for you cities of refuge, whereof I spake unto you by the hand of Moses, that the slayer that killeth any person unawares and unwittingly may flee thither, and they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood. And when he that doth flee unto one of those cities shall stand at the entering of the gate of the city and shall declare his cause in the ears of the elders of that city, they shall take him into the city unto, they shall take him into the city unto them and give him a place that he may dwell among them. The slayer that killeth any person unawares and unwittingly may flee to the city. We have some terminology in our world today, in our judicial system, that is very important terminology. One way or the other, you probably are still going to get some degree of punishment But the degree of the punishment will vary depending on which category you fall in. One of those categories is premeditated murder. Most people know that when someone commits murder that is willful, deliberate, and premeditated, that it is murder in the first degree. That is generally considered the worst kind of murder and carries the highest penalties. But what exactly do willfulness, deliberation, and premeditation mean? They each have distinct legal definitions that they may not be exactly what you think. Willful simply means on purpose. Someone commits murder willfully when he or she intends to kill. He or she kills on purpose. Deliberate means to carefully weigh the considerations for and against killing, and to choose to kill knowing the consequences. And premeditate means to decide to kill before taking action. A murder is premeditated if the killer decides to kill before actually killing. And then there is involuntary manslaughter, sometimes known as criminally negligent homicide. It is an incidental, an accidental killing caused by a person's criminally liable recklessness or criminal negligence. The one is intended, the other was not necessarily intended. And so, God provided, instructed the children of Israel, I want you to create some places of refuge. So that those that kill unintentionally, it was not 
premeditated. It was not a purposeful pre-planned thing that they have some place to run to and be safe and the avenger of blood cannot repay them for what they did. I propose to you this morning that most sinners are in the category of the involuntary. There is some point at which we can cross over and it's no longer involuntary. Now, understand by involuntary doesn't mean that it's beyond our control and we are puppets of it. That's what I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. But Paul says in Romans chapter 1, there comes a point in which we, we communicate to God that we do not want Him bothering us anymore. Leave me alone. Let me do what I want to do, how I want to do it, when I want to do it, where I want to do it, with whoever I want to do it with. And we reach, you can reach a point where God says, fine, I'm turning off your conscience. According to the Word of God, we are all born with a conscience. And so you can reach the point where God turns off that conscience that tries to guide you so that you are absolutely free to do whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. But I got to tell you, my understanding of Scripture and my experience of being a Christian and being in ministry, I've seen very few people that actually have convinced God that's the point they are at and leave me alone. And thankfully, you got to work really hard. You got to work really hard to get God to say, okay, fine, have it your way. Go to Burger King. And so again, I believe that most of us fall into the category that was being addressed as a place of safety for those who did things, but it was not a premeditated, purposeful decision that they calculated in advance, this is what I'm going to do. I think I might be able to prove my point if some of you will help me out here for a moment. How many... How many are in this place? I'm trying to phrase this the right way, not the world's way. Because the world says once you were something, you are always that. That's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. So how many, how many, anybody here this morning that you got delivered from alcohol and uh, an addiction to alcohol. Anybody here this morning? God delivered you. Look at that. How about any of you? God deli- delivered you from drug addiction. Anybody willing to? Let me ask you this. Those of you that just raised your hand for either one of those, did you make a conscious choice? I think I am going to pursue addiction. I think I am going to start using drugs because I want to get addicted and not be able to live without them. 
No, it doesn't. It started, was it a wrong decision? Sure. But was it a pre-calculated, premeditated, I want to walk down this path? No. You tried it. Tried it again. And again. And again. To reach the point you couldn't live without it. And so there was provision made. Oh, hallelujah. How that, your, 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 your love, right? Your love is, your mercy, yeah. Your mercy is ocean deep. Your love is where I want to be. Your mercy. Oh, hallelujah. Your mercy is ocean deep. Your love is where I want to be. So God instructs, I want there to be cities of refuge that are built. So those who make, I guess I could say it this way, an honest mistake, have some place to run to. I want there to be some place of safety that they can go to. Charles Spurgeon says this with regards to these cities of refuge. With regard to the roads to the city of refuge, we are told that they were strictly preserved. Every river was bridged and every obstruction removed. So that the man who fled might find an easy passage to the city. Oh, I need a little help preaching this morning from somebody. Once a year, the elders went along the roads and saw to their order so that nothing might impede the flight of anyone and cause him through delay to be overtaken and slain. I don't want there just to be a city of refuge that you got to somehow figure out and get yourself there against all kind of adversity and obstacles and difficulties. But I want there to be a, a plain, clear path so that when you recognize you've done something you should not have done, there is a easy way to get to the refuge. How graciously do the promises of the gospel remove stumbling blocks from the way. Wherever there were by roads and turnings, there were fixed up hand, hand posts with the inscription upon them to the city of refuge. If there's a chance you got to make a turn in the road to get to the city of refuge. We don't want you to miss the turn. Anybody ever been going someplace and you missed your turn because you just couldn't quite recognize it and you so you had to make a U-turn or recalculate your route? He said, I, I want to make sure that if you are on that road to the city of refuge and there's a turn in the road, I want there to be a big sign that lets you know you need to turn right here because I don't want you to miss it. 
This is a picture of the road to Christ Jesus. It is no roundabout road of the law. It is no, it is no obeying this, that, and the other. It is a straight road. That straight road was described by Jesus to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. Except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit. We've got a, we've got a big problem in our world today, and I would say especially in this country. We are, we are making all kinds of excuses and providing all kinds of alternatives that rather than a standard of expecting people to change, we tell them you're okay where you are the way you are. Doesn't matter what the Word of God says, doesn't matter if your lifestyle, doesn't matter if your choices, doesn't matter if your behavior violates the Word of God, we will make you okay. The problem is after you die, you're not going to stand before the U.S. judicial system. You're not going to stand before a Democrat or a Republican. When you die, you're going to stand before God, the Almighty God, the one that said, "My, I became flesh and I gave my word. That's the one you're going to stand before and be judged by. Paul said it this way, I believe Romans 3.23, if I'm not mistaken, all, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What's really sad is it's not just society, but it's now Christianity that wants to stay away from the word sin. The problem is when we ignore the word sin and we don't diagnose the problem for what it is, we then can't give the proper solution. I'm sorry, it's not a disease. It's not an alternative lifestyle. It's sin. Clearly defined sin. When I read these verses, particularly the ones in Joshua, where it makes the statement or uses the phrase, the avenger of blood. My first thought was, that's got to be the devil. That's got to be the devil. I mean, the devil's the one that's after you, right? The avenger of blood, it's got to be the enemy. It's got to be Satan. But then I, the more I read, the more I studied, the more I realized the avenger of blood is not the devil because what you do in this context you have not crossed him. When you sin, you have not crossed the devil. When you sin, you cross God. And so God is the one who then has the right to try to get revenge or vengeance for what you've done. Oh, stay with me. I got good news. Don't, don't, like, I gotta, I gotta paint a clear picture. So you'll appreciate where I'm going. God is the avenger of blood. 
He laid out, we always talk about the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments, the Ten... I got bad news for some of you. There's way more than Ten Commandments He gave. There were literally hundreds of commandments. What's sad is we emphasize ten and can't even keep the ten. (laughs) But He said... There were some very clear laws that God established. There was also some very clear penalties. <laughs> I mean, most of those penalties for violating the law was not a slap on the wrist. <laughs> it was death. Do this, you die. So when I violate the law, I am violating God. And God becomes the avenger of blood. God becomes the one seeking to get even, if you will. I don't know about that kind of God. It is amazing all of the things we accept out of human beings that is unfair of God. There are places, if you tried to go there and get in them today, you potentially are going to end up arrested and thrown in jail because you have no right to get in there. However, you may not be able to achieve it, and it may not be fair, but there somewhere are some guidelines for what to do to get in there. So I understand that, and I respect that. But then we somehow get this attitude with God because He defines how to get in. How can He be a loving God and expect or require that? I don't know. How can everybody else do what they do and it's okay? I said it recently, uh, last week or so, I think. It'd be one thing if He expected something and did not clearly tell us what He expected and how to do it. But when he tells us what he expects and how to do it, I don't see how that's unfair. So, there was a city for those that if you could just get to the city, you could be saved. So, so here's what's actually pretty crazy to me. If I violate, if I Kill, or in this context today, if I sin intentionally or unintentionally, there is a city of refuge that I can get to. That if I don't go to that city, the avenger of blood has the right to get revenge. Here's what's crazy. The same one that's the avenger of blood... That if I don't go to the city is going to get even is the same one. Who creates, oversees the city of refuge. Uh. (laughs) How crazy is that? I'm going to chase you. To safety. (laughs) I'm going to chase you to a secure place. 
that actually I'm also waiting for you. If you stay out here, I'm going to get even. But if you go there, the same one over there that will get even is the same one here that's saying, I'm waiting on you to come. And I've got a safe place where what you've done out there can't be applied or punished for it in here. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, hmm. Hebrews 6, verse number 13. Oh, hallelujah. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he sware by himself, saying, Surely, blessing I will bless thee, And multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold Upon the hope that is set before us. So then how do I get that hope? Hebrews 10, 15. Whereof the Holy Ghost also witnessed to us. For after that he had said before. This is the covenant that I will make with them after these after those days. Saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts. And in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Over here, I'm keeping track. I'm keeping good records of every single thing you've done. Every lie you tell, everything you steal, every thought you think, everything you do that's wrong, I'm keeping a detailed account. But if you get into the city of refuge, Oh, when you cross the threshold into the city of refuge, everything I remembered over here, over here, I'm not going to remember it anymore. Oh, hallelujah. Now where there is remission of these is... Now, now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. 
You see, what happens is when I'm out here, I'm, I'm subject to the avenger of blood. But to get here, I've got to pass through the blood. Uh, it's one thing if the guests stare at me like I'm crazy. I don't mind that. But I can't believe some of the blank stares I'm getting from the rest of you. Paul said it like this. Such were some of you. Such were. You are not now a recovering alcoholic. You are no longer a recovering addict. That's what you were. But when you pass through the blood, you are no longer what you were. But you become a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. First John chapter 1 verse 5, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. You do understand, I, I think we have, a, we have a subconscious scale for sin. One being, you know, no big deal. Ten being, I mean, that's, and, and I think we kind of, you know, we kind of got like this, you know, well, if it's a one to three, I mean, really, God's not going to care. Three, you know, three to six. Yeah, it's probably a little, you know, I probably, I, I shouldn't go there too much, but six, you know, six to eight, I mean, that's, you know, and the nine and tens, that, they're, they're locked up in maximum security. No, I got bad news and I got good news. Sin is sin. And all have sin. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, let me paraphrase it in today's world. If we say there is no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we can...
confess our sins. If we confess our sins, you know, I, here's the here's the challenge. I think most of us have, whether we had good parents or bad parents, we probably still all experience this. That, I mean, when you do something wrong that deserves punishment, you're you're, you're probably getting punished. Your willingness to own up to it. Not lie about it. Accept responsibility may affect the degree of punishment. You're probably still getting punished. And I think we have this struggle with God because I know what I've done. I know where I've been. I know how bad I've been. I know what I deserve. But He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is faithful and just. Not faithful and just to just give us the proper punishment we deserve. Faithful and just to forgive us. And then to cleanse us. He who knew no sin became sin. Oh my, you know what that... I, there, there is no mega millions lottery. There is no publisher's clearinghouse. There, there is, there's nothing in this world that is better news than that right there. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing than the fact that He will forgive us and cleanse us. And so, When I sin, there is an avenger. Sin leads to one thing. Sin leads to one thing. It leads to death. The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's the ultimate outcome. It may take a little while before death. may not be sudden death. But it leads to death. Sin leads to death. There is no other outcome than that. It leads to death. But the solution that is available... For the penalty of sin <laughs> will wipe away. It's what's, here's what's amazing. I, I, I realized I was, I was in a conversation a year or so ago with an individual, and we were talking about religion. And, and, and he had and he talked about, well, you know, 
all, you know, kind of, we're, we're all heading to the same place. You know, all, all religions, it's all about, we're all, we're all heading to the same place. And, and you know, it's, you know, it's all, all heading to, to heaven. So, you know, he, he was kind of saying, you know, all religions are, they're, they're all good, they're all okay. I'm not going to get into all that and debate that this morning, but there was one thing, and I wish I'd have thought of this while I was talking to him, and I hope at some point to get to follow up the conversation. From my knowledge and understanding, and I have not spent hours and hours studying all kinds of other religions, I've spent all my time studying this book. That's what I want to know. <laughs> I don't need to educate myself on everything that's out there. I just need to find out. If, if I'm trying to get someplace, I don't, I don't study all the routes to not get me there. I just want to know, how do I get to where I'm trying to go? And there is no other source of how to get there than right here. But the thing, the thing that biblical Christianity, the thing that, that the Word of God does that to my understanding and knowledge, no other religion even tries to address is that while it may try to give you a path to how to get to the afterlife, it has no solution for you for your past life. It'll, it'll give you how to get to, you know, but they can't do anything about that. <laughs> so not only... Does this tell me how to have eternal life? Oh, hallelujah. But it's not just I have to have eternal life and forever walk around with the burden of my sin. Where are you going? I'm going to heaven. You think you're going to make it? I don't know. <laughs> I got such a load I'm trying to get there with. What's that load? Well, it's what I did in the past. It's all my sins. It's all my failures. And so, you know, I, I'm pursuing this afterlife, but I got to do it with this burden. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. Uh, some of y'all got more excited last Sunday night when the Eagles won the Super Bowl than you're getting this morning. I not only was given eternal life, but I was set free from the weight and the burden of my past life. And I wasn't just given a pass for it, but the blood of Jesus Christ washed it away and made it as if it never was. Let me ask you a question. How many of you here today... You believe with all of your heart. You know, you, I mean, you are certain that God has forgiven you of the sins you have done in the past. Let me see your hand. How many of you? Keep your hands up for a second. 
Now, those of you that know God has forgiven you of those sins, how many of you have completely forgotten about all those sins? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Wait a minute. Did you have your hand up? You, be, you know God has forgiven you of your sins. You know that. You don't doubt that. You don't question that. So you have forgotten all of the sins you've done. You believe God has forgiven you of all your sins. So then you must not remember them anymore. All, all the time. We may need to work on that a little bit, but... Who else? Somebody else had, who else had a hand up? Let me see. Who else? Who else? No, you know God's forgiven your, your sin. You know. Mr. Kerry, you, you're, you're 100% certain God's forgiven you. Yes. So I'm assuming you don't ever remember anything you did in your past. You, you remember. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. So here, here's what's, here's what we struggle with because we remember. He says, what, what, where was it? Where did I read it a moment ago? And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. So, most of us, I believe, struggle believing because we remember, therefore God must remember. I just read to you what he says. He also, the scripture also tells us that he will cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. You know why he said as far as the east is from the west? Because if he would have said as far as the north is from the south, that would be a definite point. Because you can only go north for so long and you reach the North Pole. And then you keep going and you start heading south. Now I know there may be a long ways between the North Pole and the South Pole, but there is a definite point. But he said, I'm going to cast them as far as the east is from the west. Because if there was an airplane that had an infinite supply of fuel, if you took off and headed due east, you could fly forever and not get west. So what he was saying was, I'm going to throw them so far away, there is no point of return for them. And so while you and I may remember them, that's not really what matters. It also appears to me that the devil somehow seems to have the ability to remember our sins. And knows how at just the right time to show up and say, do you, do you remember? I mean, some of y'all, you get all caught up in the spirit and you're woo, feeling it. and I mean, woo, it's happening. He just comes up, just taps you. Hey, psst, 
do you remember what? And you go, yeah, yeah. Here's the problem. He ain't got no authority. It don't matter if he remembers. He can't do anything about it. The one that could remember and do something about it is the one who says, I will not remember them anymore. I'm closing. If you're a guest today, this is your first time here. Don't get too excited. That may not mean much. (laughs) Exodus 12, verse 22. Children of Israel have been in Egypt. They've been in bondage 400 plus years. Moses is in the process of being used by God to bring them out of Egypt. They've gone through nine different plagues, nine different signs, nine different things have happened to demonstrate God's miraculous power. And up till now, nothing has worked for them to be delivered from Egypt. And so the final one comes, and the final one is the death angel is going to pass through Egypt, and it's going to enter every house, and every house, the firstborn, not just humans, but even of animals, everything, the firstborn is going to die. But Exodus 22, 12 and 22 says this, You shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. There is... You know what? I I don't need the church. I can get to heaven on my own. I I don't need a church. I get there by myself. Yeah, ask all of those how that worked out when the children of Israel marched around Jericho. And the walls fell. And the city was destroyed. Except... One house, that if you were in the house, you were saved. If you were not in the house, which was typology of the church. There was not a fleet of ships when God destroyed the world with a flood. There was one ark. It didn't matter who you knew. didn't matter where you lived. didn't matter what part of society you were in. If you weren't in the ark, I got, I got, I, I, you're a guest, most of you know this, if you're a guest, and I'll tell you this, this past May, my wife and I celebrated 25 years of marriage. We stood, thank you, we stood at an altar next door where there used to be a building, we stood at an altar, we said vows, I committed 
to God and I committed to her till death do us part. At that moment, we were, we were married. We were married. I, I got a question. <laughs> would, 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 would it be okay with you? This is your guest. This is my wife. Would it be okay with you if I, if, if I never came home and I never showed up at the house? And, but we're married. Oh, let me let me see the let me see the married ladies' hands. Married ladies, let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands, ladies. Married ladies. What what would happen if your husband said, "Listen, we we're, we're married. We're gonna stay married, but just don't expect me to see you. Don't expect to see me around here very much." I love some of the looks. I see some very devious smirks. That my interpretation of that smirk is, I'd like to see him try it. Because <laughs> if he tried that, I'd be running for a city of refuge. <laughs> Except the problem is, it may have been partially meditated. Because <laughs> it would not have been an instant sudden death. You would have drug it out for a few minutes. <laughs> Isn't it kind of amazing? There's nobody that would accept that kind of marriage. And then we want God to let us be very disconnected and disassociated from Him, but be a part of Him. Ooh, hallelujah. Let me get back to the good news. (laughs) None of you shall go out at the door of this house until the morning. Why? Because the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. So you're out there and you have accidentally, unwittingly sin and start running for the city of refuge. And he's on your trail because you violated his word. You've gone against his commandments. But then you get to the blood. And when the blood is applied, this is what's crazy. The same one that was your judge and jury. Just because of the blood becomes your savior. The same one who's trying to get revenge for your sin is the same one that's saying, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will set you free from the reproach, from the weight, from the burden of your past, and I will remember all of that no more. Not only am I just going to forgive you of that, but what I'm also going to do is I'm going to give you life, and life more abundantly. Oh, hallelujah. 
Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. I, I heard, I saw a couple of moment video clip the other day. I won't call any names. I won't call any names to protect the innocent and the guilty. And this, this, this person that was speaking made reference to a couple of books, Christian books, that are out there. I won't call any names. I won't call any names of people, okay? You got that on. But I may have to mention a title or two. <laughs> About having your... I shouldn't do it. I really ought to. I shouldn't, but I just... About having your best life now. And, and this person speaking made this point that he struggled with these books because he says, there's nowhere in there that I find the cross. You see, the bottom line is you can't have your best life without at some point coming to the cross and applying the blood of Jesus Christ to your life. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. But where that blood flows from that old rugged cross, I have access to that blood to wash me and cleanse me and to bring about a barrier in my life that rather than the avenger of blood being after me, I now have the Savior who is for me. I'm not sure if I really finished my point earlier. I have a tendency to do that. I, I'll work on that. But we remember, and so surely God must remember. If we remember, then we ultimately struggle because maybe He didn't forgive us because we do still remember. Really, that is one of the awesome things. I didn't finish my point because when the enemy comes to remind us of what we did, our usual reaction is we begin to hear the voice of condemnation. And then he really doesn't have to say much. He just says one or two things and then we're like, I got it from here. I'll take care of beating myself up from now on. Here's what, instead of that being our response, when the enemy comes up and taps us on the shoulder and says, Hey, hey you, you remember what you did? You, 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 what right do you have to be on this keyboard? Do you remember what you did? Here's what the proper response is. You know what? I actually forgot about it, but thanks for reminding me. Because the fact that I did do that and I'm here... You see, it, he's got it all backwards. The fact that I did that and I'm here is not reason for me to go back there. The fact that I did that and I'm here is a pretty amazing testimony that I did all of that and he loved me anyway. I did all of that and he forgave me anyway. Oh, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. When we started this service this morning and that first song began to be sung, I don't know about anybody else, but I just could feel that there was such a spirit of the Lord in this place to confirm that, yes, my mercy is ocean deep. And my mercy is readily available. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care how long you've done it. I don't care how bad you've been. I've got a solution. My solution. How many, how many, you don't have to respond if you don't want to. I'm not judging. This isn't, I'm not setting you up to judge you, criticize you. How many of you have taken Advil or Motrin or something the last two or three days? A couple of you probably in the last two or three minutes. I thought you were taking mints and you were popping pills. Why'd you take that Advil, Motrin, whatever? What'd you have? What do you have? Got pain, headache, back pain. You take that Advil, why? What's it do? Increases inflammation, but what else? What, uh, why, I mean, let's be honest. You're not taking that Advil first and foremost because I would like to decrease inflammation. Why are you taking Advil? I got to get rid of this pain. But here's the problem. Is the Advil truly dealing with the source of the pain? It's inflammation, and okay, maybe it's helping without. But, but, but you know, if you if you got a if you got a, a headache and you've got something else going on, you may be able to take a pill that will relieve the pain. But the pill wears off, and then you got to take another one. And then what's what's so amazing? I, I I'm not trying to be. I, I, a couple years ago, I was on some pretty serious medication, so I'm not here to be lighthearted or make fun of anybody. But it never ceases to amaze me when you see a a commercial, an advertisement on, on, on TV for some kind of medicine, for some kind of an issue, that literally almost half the commercial is telling you also all of the potential side effects. You take this, it may cause infection, it may cause blindness, it may cause death, but it might also give you some relief, but you may. And, and I find that to be really amazing. That everything man tries to do for the good, he also has to qualify. That I don't have the ability to offer you the real solution without some kind of effects or consequences. But the blood of Jesus Christ, I got to tell you, all those medicines the world offer have side effects. And the blood of Jesus has all kinds of side effects. <laughs> yeah, the blood makes me a better husband. And the blood makes me a better father. And the blood makes me a better friend. And the blood makes me a better employer, employee. The blood affects all kinds of things. But first and foremost, the blood washes away all of my sin. 
Would you stand, please? I, I, you know what? We, we've, I know we've been back and forth with how we do altar calls and all of that. And, 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 and I, but I, I just kind of thought of it in the context of this. If you, were, if you were a violator of the law, and you were worried about the avenger of blood, mercy didn't come to you. You had to get to the city of refuge clear path, clear way to get there, but you had to go. So, there comes a point, I, I, can't, I can't do everything for you. At some point, you got to decide, you know what, there's the city, I'm going. <laughs> so that being said, I believe with all of my heart, there are some people in this place today that as I said, I think when I was praying, that God has brought you today by divine appointment because you got some stuff in your life that He has every right to judge you for and get revenge for. But He's brought you here today because there is a city of refuge that He has provided for you because He's much more interested in His ocean of mercy than He is in exacting judgment in your life. So I'm asking you if you would to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. Yes, I'm asking you to do that, if nothing else, just to kind of be respectful of those around you. If you're in this place this morning, you know what I preached this morning applies to you. and You know some of you are trying to outrun the Avenger. You're doing everything you can to outrun it, but you can't outrun it. The only thing you can do is get to the city refuge to pass through the blood and when you pass through the blood everything you had to be judged over before is now washed away or made clean if you are here today and you need that mercy that we sung about earlier if you're here today and you need God's mercy in your life it is freely offered you so with heads bowed and eyes closed I'm inviting you you're a guest this morning I'm quite certain there's somebody especially if you came with someone this morning and didn't just come on your own there's somebody that person would come with you if you're a guest this morning and you came by yourself there's plenty of wonderful people here that would quickly join with you that you wouldn't be alone if you're in this place today you're willing to acknowledge the avenger of blood is after me I need the city of refuge the avenger of blood is trying to get even with me but I need the city of refuge and I invite you to step out of your seat right now to make your way down to this altar and give the blood of Jesus Christ the opportunity to work in your life today well preacher how does that happen the first way that happens is by you repenting of your sins, confessing your sins, acknowledging your sins to Him. And then His blood is applied through baptism and the infilling of His Spirit. Baptism is not just some kind of cute little ritual for Christianity. 
but baptism is where the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to our lives and we are made into a new creature. Come on, church, I need you to help me. I need you to help me by being responsive to the Lord using you to minister to someone. Or if nothing else, right where you are, I need you connected in the Spirit. There are some people that God, I believe, has brought to this place today. And He wants His mercy and grace to work in their lives today. In the name of Jesus. 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 Grace and mercy today, God. Cleansing from your blood in every life today. No stain of sin that's too great for your blood to cleanse. No stain of sin that's too severe for your blood to be able to take care of. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, church, would you be sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now? Come on, church, please be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Jesus' name. There's a city of refuge today. There's a city of refuge today. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you're coming from. There's a city of refuge for you today. There's no obstacles to the road to get there. There's no barriers that you've got to overcome to get there. It's a plain path. That everyone is invited to come in the name of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus thank you God not only have you created a refuge for us but you've made a way God without obstacles and difficulties and challenges and hoops that we have to jump through that we're not able to you've made a way for us to enter in Jesus Christ, in the name of by the power of your spirit, I owe all, I owe all, I owe all to the power of your blood today that washes and cleanses us from all sin. I thank you today that your blood is not able to just cleanse us from a few sins. I thank you that it's not just a few minor sins that your blood works for, but your blood works for all of our sins. Hallelujah, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I mean all you, but I mean all you. For the power of your blood today. Thank you for the city of refuge today.
in all of you today. I'm in all of what you've done for me, Jesus. I'm in all of what you provided for I'm in all of you today. I'm in all of the power of your blood. I'm in all of your mercy and grace that is so freely given to us. I'm in all of you. Hallelujah. 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 I owe all to you. I owe all to you. I owe all to you. At the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. I'm in all of you. 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 Where you love me, Thank you, Lord. I Of that. My hope is found here. Oh. 